A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hello, welcome to the New European Podcast. My name's Richard Porritt, I'm joined by Steve Anglesey. Hello Snowflakes. Happy New Year, Steve. Happy New Year to you and Happy New Year to all of our lovely listeners. Happy New Year, listeners. At home, in the cars, on the bus, what else would on the expensive do? trains. In the bath. In the bath. With Edwina Curry. Starting a, um, starting a new ferry company despite never having any experience of running a ferry company. <laughs> Let's start a ferry company. Yes. Uh, well, um, here we are. We're going to do the news. There's not a great deal of it. No. It's lovely when they're away, isn't it? <laughs> it's, it's been a, nice a lovely break. break, hasn't it? It's been a nice break. Um, but Steve has had a sneak preview. Well, not a preview. You've seen the whole thing, haven't I've you? have seen the whole thing, yeah. Of Brexit the movie. Yeah. The Uncivil War. The Uncivil War, which sounds a bit like a Marvel... Well, it's clearly... I realise this, because I'm not very bright, I realise this... Um, about five minutes into it, when there is actually another Marvel joke. Oh, is there? Which is for fans of uh, of Marvel and obviously of Benedict Cumberbatch. Well, that's going to be right the, at the top the of my start. head. So, yeah. the, so, if you don't know, the last Avengers movie... The last Avengers movie? No, not the last Avengers movie. Yikes. One of them was called Civil War, wasn't it? I prefer like movies blamed at adults. Uh, yeah. yeah, I quite like the Avengers the, movies. Okay, yeah. maybe I'll try them um, All right, well, we're going to review that. But only because I like the Avengers as a young boy. Did you? Yeah. The um, Vision was my favourite. The Vision? Yeah. I prefer Charlie's Angels. Charlie's Angels? It's not, that's not, they're not superheroes. No, 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 wait they? a minute. I'm getting them mixed up. Cat's Eyes. <laughs> that's what I like. You like Cat's Eyes with John Gascoigne. That's it. And who else was it? Leslie Ash. Leslie Ash was yeah. in it, yeah. Now that was but again, they show. weren't superheroes, were they? No, but they were, but sometimes their efforts were superhuman. They were superhuman. They were they like were, a sort of. They were these sort of English Charlie's Angels. They were like they? a cross between Juliet Bravo and the Professionals, weren't yeah, they? That's right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I loved Dempsey and Makepeace. Yes, they were good. Yeah. Fantastic. Did you prefer Dempsey or Makepeace? I think we both know. Yeah. Uh, so we will review that. Possibly Makepeace, or um, or at least Steve, because I've not, I've not seen it. No, well, um, it'd be hard for you to review it. Although I am going to talk about somebody who reviewed it without actually seeing it. Oh, are you? Yes, I am. Yeah. Well, maybe I can give that a go. Yeah, you, you could do. Yeah. Uh, Five and it, stars. And then there will be, of course, a Brexiteer of the week. There will be. But first, let's let's scrape the barrel of news because there's not lots of it. Well, but what's there happened? Is, well, there's some nice. Polls, well, nice. I mean, there's some interesting polls. This yeah. one caught my attention. Not according to Nigel Farage, there's not. He doesn't like the polls. <laughs> uh, 
More than half of grassroots conservative members want to ditch Theresa May's deal. Yes, they do. 57%, in fact, of the rank and file think that uh, leaving without a deal is better than checkers. Yes, that's because they're mad and stupid. Yeah. What it does say, though... Is that they're mad and stupid. It does say that, but what it, what it definitely seems to seal the fate of Theresa May's deal in the House of Commons, because if the constituents have been going and battering down MPs' doors yes. over Christmas and New Year period then it seems unlikely they're going to change their mind, doesn't it? Well, this is the thing, isn't it? I mean, there seems to be an idea that, that things are moving the way of Theresa May. Um, but I don't really see that. But despite, you know, handing out knighthoods to nutters and making people members of the Privy Council for no apparent reason... Were you waiting, fingers crossed... Just to see, I'm saying I'm, I'm mad enough now to, to get a knighthood. You, do, you actually I, get your I letter. I don't know what the Welsh national anthem is either. Despite <laughs> being called Anglesey, I can't sing you, it either. You get your letter in early December. Do you? So if you've not got it by then... No, I've not got one this year. Forget it. I'm hoping for a CBE but, next year. What do you, do, Services to Brexit Broadcasting. What about, what about uh, Harry Kane? Should he have got a gong? Harry Kane? Is he, is, is he going to be in the Cabinet? No, he shouldn't have got a goal. No. It's silly, isn't it? Yeah, it is silly. Yeah. If they'd won the World Cup, yes, then uh, absolutely. That's I mean, quite he did right. get. A, but but is Lin- Lineker's not gone on him. Would he turn it down? I'm not sure. Probably not. Would he? I, would, I don't know. I wouldn't have thought so. It's a strange thing, isn't it? But uh, you know, I think that. that I think against Harry Kane. No, no, and I also think you know people like Bob Paisley came and went, didn't they, without being recognised? And yeah. Bob Paisley clearly should have had a knighthood. Bill Shankly should have had some kind. Of, well, I think he was, former Huddersfield town manager Bill Shankly. I think he was an OBE, wasn't he? Bill Shankly no should, should probably no should idea. have had more. You know, the only the only person who. The only two who got knighted were were, um, were, were Matt Busby and uh, and Alex Ferguson. Is one that of, because one of whom was a nice person? Is that because uh, is that because we've moved towards a celebrity-driven well, society? We have, yeah. Well, we've, we've, so I'm saying that recognising footballers and people from sport is a good thing that we have started to do. Is that guy who married Jade Goody called Jeff Brazier? Jeff Brazier. Yeah. But why is he? On my telly on a Saturday afternoon, telling me about non-league football. Well, he's a, he always had a keen interest in football, didn't he? he well, me too. He was but a, I'm not paid by BT Sport. I think he was a footballer, wasn't he? Well, I played until I was nearly fifteen. I quite like Jeff Brace here. At I least he's nothing not, against him. I'm just interested. Do you think he could do that and do the postcode lottery results at the same time? Because <laughs> he's involved with that as well, <laughs> is isn't he? Is he? And in the postcode lottery. Well, he always is, he's always come across as a nice chap. You know, very nice. Yes. Yeah. Did you ever meet Jade? I never did God meet Jay, no. But we are in East Anguilla, broadcasting <laughs> now. So we are. I think of her quite often. Mm. Yes, God, indeed, rest her soul. Indeed. Um, so we're looking at the week beginning January the 14th now for yes, this vote. Yes, we are. Um, but uh, one person in particular I think that's, thinks, that's, thinks that is unlikely. David Davis. David Davis. He wants it put back, doesn't he? Why does he want it put back? Is it because he is stupid and mad? It, well, he is both of those things, but I th- I, how much further can we push it back? Well, I don't know. I don't when does he want to vote on it on the 30th of March? <laughs> yes. Oh, my plan has, has worked. My favourite thing, actually. My favourite thing about this. His Hercule Poirot moustache. About the, David, the coverage Not of his um, John Malkovich Poirot moustache, which we'll also talk about in a minute. My favourite. Thing about the this story about David Davis speculating the vote could be put off, 
Um, if Theresa May looks like to lose it, I think it almost certainly will be. She's done it before. Yes. Was the Press Association, which is a newswire, listen, if you're not aware, of try, they're trying to coin the phrase, all one word, Brexit logjam. Brexit log Brexit logjam. <laughs> yeah, I can't even it. say it. Brexit logjam is one word. That's good. Well, it's not, is it? It's nonsense. But there you go. So he, he reckons that he could break the Brexit logjam. Yes. All one word. No breath. He could break it with his bare hands. With his bare hands. But um, Theresa May is set to go and meet Angela. What a preposterous figure this is, by the way. And Donald Tusk, the FT, are reporting that she's going to meet them um, at some point. Very soon. Well, she's been on the phone to them, hasn't she? Yeah, and uh, but the, is she going to break the Brexit logjam? I don't know whether she is. Nah, she's she's been on the phone to. Um, late, surely. She's been on the phone to Angela Merkel quite a bit, hasn't she? Apparently, she's been hammering the phones to, to Merkel. She'd be on hold though, won't she? Like yeah. in that documentary. Can you just? Yeah, can you just wait? Davis said, I will, uh, "You know, I would say that waiting for the Germans to produce a super weapon towards the end of towards the end of something is pr- probably <laughs> not the best uh, the, the best way to to negotiate a, a, a key battle." So Downing anyway, Street, uh, Downing Street, have said indeed that uh, Mrs. Bay and the negotiators have been uh, chatting over the. Christmas period to Brussels, and Davis in his in his Daily Telegraph column or an A Daily Telegraph column. Oh God, has he got a um, Daily Telegraph? I think, I don't, I don't, They're I really collecting them with the Daily right, Telegraph. Aren't they, indeed, they? he reckons a deal will be reached at the eleventh hour to break the Brexit logjam. Yeah, uh, because that's Is how it you do Brexit logjam. I think it might be by the time we finish this podcast, uh, because they're worried about losing their thirty-nine billion pounds. Well, they would be, wouldn't they? Well, you would, wouldn't you? I would certainly be worried. But we sort of owe them that, don't we? I mean, well, yeah. thirty-nine billion pounds is is partly to pay for the pensions of people like Nigel Farage. Who so is, is there? Um, if this isn't paid, is there a sort of Uber? Well, I would imagine worldwide Department of Work and Pensions who come after the the partner who isn't paying. That would be great, and wouldn't through, it? And we'll get run through the courts. And Bar- well, what if Barnier had to go up Spider-Man <laughs> style on the or Farage? <laughs> The other way around, it wasn't was it? Farage was on, be on the roof of the EU Parliament dressed as Spider-Man. <laughs> well, they just go, Nigel's got, up there again, he's been he's, out on the he's last. He's not got a good record with height, so, you know, <laughs> let's... let's that, was, um, that day when that happened, I, well, I think it was a couple of days before, it was about a week before, I got on the tube, I used to work late, and so I got on the tube, and... Everything was rosy and fine. When I got off the tubes, before your mobile phone would ring under oh, yeah, yeah. Um, 2010, um, when I got off the tube, my phone had about 30 missed calls. And in the meantime, Gordon Brown had accidentally called some woman, a bigoted woman. <laughs> yeah. Like four days later, I was on the tube. When I got off, about 40 missed calls. Nigel Farage's planes dropped out of the sky. God. It was some campaign in 2000. It was an amazing campaign, wasn't it? It really was. Anyway, we digress. More sensible times. <laughs> they were. They were far when more you could, sensible. When you could, you know, when you could lose an election for calling a bigot a bigot. Quite, <laughs> quite remarkable. <laughs> Instead of pretending to be a bigot. Um, <laughs> there you go. Absolutely. Uh, who's disappointed you the most this week? Uh, well, I'm never disappointed by Jeremy Hunt because I think he's just perennially disappointing. Mm. And you know, speaks foreign. He speaks a bit foreign. So there we go. Yeah, he's a winner. Um, Although he's still not quite sure where his wife's where from. his wife is actually from. Yeah. No. Whereas I'm not sure where uh, mine is. And uh, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she's oh, she's behind you. Um, uh, and um, and um, you know, so I'm never really 
that disappointed by Jeremy Hunt. I'm never really disappointed by Chris Grayling. No. Um, you know, failing I mean, Grayling. Look, Jeremy failing Grayling, ailing failing. Bailing, great. You know the clues are in the name, aren't they? And Jeremy Hunt. What were <laughs> oh, well, that? No, I've got no name. idea. Yeah. Um, Jeremy Hunt, quite remarkable, isn't he? He went to he went to to, um, to Singapore, and he said a second referendum would be damaging because we are a democracy. Yeah, and I'm still trying to work that one out. It's one of those odd bits of politics where you just say, well, it's, it's Trumpian, isn't it? Just say it enough, and it'll become true. Yes. But I think, if, you know, if you're going anywhere to defend democracy, it's got to be Singapore, hasn't it, which obviously has been a one-party, more or less a one-party state and has been since it, it, it gained independence. Or... They've got a very interesting number plate method, though. You know what they do out there? What do they so do? So you buy... This is interesting. You buy, it is, yeah. So yeah. you buy cars and then you insure them... It costs oh, you more. I know so, something about so, this. So yes. you're only allowed to go into the city... Monday to Friday on certain number plates. Right. And if you want to go, if you want to be able to go, I mean, it's pretty much all the city, isn't it? Yes. The city state. But if you want to go into the actual city centre on a weekend, you have to pay more. Yes. And it's all to do with emissions and all kinds of other things. But they have these huge cameras. You think, like, compared to the uh, congestion charge or whatever, this, is a, this has been going for some time. Yes. When I was out there about 10 years ago, it was a huge big deal and you Certain, you know, workers couldn't really afford to go in on in their car at the weekend, and right? It, and it's very, very, very expensive as well to take your car in on a weekend. Yes, you're supposed to sit. Um, well, that sounds great, doesn't well, it? No wonder we need to be more yeah. like Singapore. They don't like chewing gum. No, chewing gum's banned, isn't it? You, you mustn't mustn't but, take any chewing gum. Uh, chewing gum is banned. What they also have is they have the weather's the same every day in Singapore. Yeah, but there's massive the downpours. Weather's the same, the same here as well. Miserable. Miserable. It's not like that in Singapore. But it pours it down with rain maybe two or three times a day. Yeah, for about ten minutes. And you sort of think, well, what well, am I going to do? Because, well, it's like 24 hours a day yeah, in Manchester. Yeah. What am I going to do? Because it's going to, I'm going to get soaking wet. But everything is cleverly covered and you don't realise. Ah. So even like the crossings over the road have got little coverings. Ah. It's very clever. Singapore's a very clever place. That is good. Yeah. But there's, there's the whole banning of chewing gum and the caning thing, I think. is. Well, there are issues yeah, as well. There are issues. I'm not a massive fan of chewing gum. I could probably live without I it. I like chewing gum. I like a bit chuddy. Well, only if you've had a sneaky fag, you know. Um, but the idea that we're going to be like, become more like Singapore, which is, a, as you say, is a city-state of five million people, whereas we are a country of, what are well, we? would be a city-state with some... 60, 60 million 66, people? Yeah. 66 million people. 66 million people, but but we could be a city-state of a... I think we're 300, 300 million, times the size, isn't it? 8 Great million as well. going to 11 million on any normal Monday to Friday, and then the rest of the people who don't live in London... Yes. Just fend for themselves. Just fend for themselves. You know, work the land... In a sort of running man style dystopia. Exactly. Yeah, that would be fine. I think that's yeah, all right. Yeah, yeah, I think that's that's possibly the Conservative manifesto, isn't it? 20, well, 2022. Well, no, it's the Shires, isn't it? They have to look after the Shires. I think at some, at some point in the last sort of, it was around November you asked me who most disappointed me this week. And clearly it is Sajid Javid, isn't it? Or the Saj, as we have you seen this? Go on. So he's taken to, to referring to himself in meetings <laughs> as the Sajid or the Saj. Who else is it? Oh, the Donald. The Donald, yeah, of course. And according to uh, The Sun, so it must be true, he uses p- phrases like 
just you watch what the Sajid is going to do about this, or don't worry, the Saj will sort that one out. He's not going to open a, a can of Sajid on your ass. It's he? be yeah, he is. Can you smell what the the Saj is cooking? He's going to start saying things like that. Do you reckon he stands up and... I love people who refer to themselves in the, the, the third person. Yeah, who else does it? Does Dennis it, uh, Stewart, uh, the Manchester City hero, uh, was, a, was a, a great believer it in doing a sport, it. He's a sportsman doing it's it. It's very lot, much so, they? yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, it's a cricketer that started doing it, wasn't there? Was it Kevin Peterson, quite possibly? Oh, well, that's not something that Kevin Peterson would do. Yeah. Yeah, it might be. Um, um, it it feels like a Jeff Boycott thing, doesn't it? But uh, Theresa May's great hero. But Dennis Stewart would yeah. would definitely say that is not something that Dennis Stewart would do. Yeah, no. um, and uh, and and was was just. What very should we bizarre. read into this? Because I, I know that you. Well, we should read into it that psychologically, though, because you are qualified to give us a psychological analysis. Well, of I am. Javid, so let's go for it. Well. I think that I mean the only psychological analysis you need is that Sajid Javid wants to be the leader of the Conservative Party well, when, is, when Theresa May is finally. Yeah, I think that's it, isn't it? It's, it's, it's just it's just really disappointing that you know. I mean, I don't know. I, I don't know. You know how much people have been involved in this so-called migrant crisis over the. Um, uh, over the, the festive period, I think it's been conflated out of not very much, hasn't it? Well, I think it was a, I think it was a perfect storm in that we're, we're always in the media looking for a story to get us from Christmas to New Year. Yes, exactly. Um, right. I think there's a bit of that. Yeah. Um, and also a politician who was ready to call it a crisis. Exactly. As soon as possible. Exactly. I yeah. mean, obviously there is an issue, there is a problem because we don't want people to start drowning in the English Channel. Now, I well, interviewed no. Amber Rudd. Yeah. Um, in the opening weeks of the 2017 campaign, and I said to her, "How long before people are getting on rafts and coming over and landing on our beaches?" And she said, "It will never happen. It's not going to happen." Well, I mean, it's not really happening to much of an extent, no, is it? But it is happening. It is happening. But in the first couple of days of 2019, the Spanish. Coast Guards have picked up, I don't know if you've seen this, four, they've picked up 400, 401 yeah, migrants, yeah, yeah. which is more than the entire number of migrants who made it over the English Channel yeah, yeah, came yeah. last year. And there are, loads of, there are loads of reasons for that, but yeah. there isn't an invasion. There no, is a, there's been a slight increase. And it's not a crisis. There's been a slight increase over this period because the weather has been particularly reasonably, reasonable, mild, yeah, yeah, yeah. reasonably mild. And, uh, 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 and Sajid Javid could quite rightly, well, he could... He could have said, this is all about these unscrupulous people who are exploiting these desperate people from other countries and using the unseasonably good weather. Um, uh, but instead, he's, he's marched up on the beach, demanded some warships and uh, and yeah. um, and said it's all about fake asylum seekers. It's fairly nonsensical. Yeah, it really is. It's totally disappointing. He continues to disappoint me, the Saj. Yeah, the Saj. Uh, what about Jeremy Corbyn? Well... Another disappointer. He's definitely disappointed. But, you know, again, you can't be disappointed with him, can you? Because I expect nothing... Well, that's it, isn't it? I expect it? nothing, you But know. we all still hold out a bit of hope, especially... Well, let me t- so well, I hope, that, that, about I hope survey that he may of, be forced into it. A survey of more than 1,000 party members. Now, that, we, normal surveys are around 2,000, 3,000 people. So, 1,000 yes. Labour Party members is actually a fairly significant number. Yeah. Uh, found that 72% would like to see their leader throw his weight behind a people's vote. Yes. And when that was put to Jeremy Corbyn, he said, 
what we will do is vote against having no deal. We'll vote against Theresa, May, Theresa May's deal. Yeah. So that's n- nothing. So they they just what void? Well, he'll go and negotiate a, a much better deal himself yeah, with his yeah, yeah. No superpowers. And at that point, she should go back to Brussels and say this is not acceptable to Britain and renegotiate a customs union, form a customs union with the European Union to secure trade. Now, let's just rewind to that great moment at party conference when yeah. Kia dropped his um, bombshell. Yeah, dropped his mic. Dropped his mic. <laughs> mic drop Kia, yes. Um, and the motion was voted upon, of course, that there, if if there wasn't to be, that a people's vote would be an option. So if there wasn't a general election, if there, if Labour weren't in power, then a people backing a people's vote could indeed become an option for Labour yes. to support. So, so this is Jeremy Corbyn, who says that the members of the Labour Party decide policy, ignoring the Labour Party members. Yes, exactly. A man who's exactly. talked about democracy and talked about how the party is a shining beacon of democracy, now he's got power, ignoring yeah. the will of his party. Of course, what he would say is that he is simply waiting for scenarios to play out, and the you know what when we get to the uh, when we get to the scenario in which Labour could support a people's vote, he will support it. But I, well, I, let's you know, see. I, I mean, he said you say that he said it was sequential. The issue of another yeah. referendum was, of course. One of the options, he said pointedly. But that was very much after the votes have taken place in Parliament. We haven't yet had a vote, and I think the government really should be ashamed of itself. Yeah, well, you know, let, let's let's see. But I'm, I'm prepared. I'm prepared to be. I'm prepared to be disappointed once again by Jeremy Corbyn. <laughs> yeah, constantly. Yeah, constantly. And I do. And I do somewhat hope that his his objections to to all of this lead him to resign or leave John McDonald to persuade him to resign. Wow. Um, quite interesting quite interesting now, isn't it, to see the union leaders really swinging behind this uh, kind of thing, although Len McCluskey, who we had great hopes for, is, is continuing to resist Let's, it as well. Let us down as an old Len. Yeah, very much so. Yeah, but Len, you know, Len, Seamus Milne and, uh, and Jeremy Corbyn are the, just about the only three people who still believe uh, that this shouldn't happen. Apart from Aaron Bastani. Absolutely. Um, okay, well, that was the news. Now, do you know what we lose this year? Do you know what we lose in 2019? As we, as we, as we come into this shiny new year, do you know what we've lost? Do you know what we've left behind for the last time? Is it Huddersfield Town's Premier League <laughs> status? That was lost some Manchester weeks ago. Manchester City's Premier League title, unfortunately. Well, I think and unfortunately still, for Huddersfield as well. I think there's well. still time to go there. no. There will be no film 2019. No, I know. Yeah, that's disappointing. It is. I loved that when I was a boy. I've not watched film a show with the film in the title since I think since Barry Norman stopped doing. Oh yeah, me too. Yeah, I used to. It was one of the late night TV shows that I got my mum to record to watch in the morning so she could stay in bed. Yeah, so it's not. It really isn't a big deal for but me. But it was nice to have. Who him was the, the host of it? Well, it was Cody Winkleman. Was it Winkleman? I think so. I'm not a fan of Winkleman. Well, they tried to say. make it all trendy. They tried to trendy it up, and they had a film because you know they had a film expert in to chat about film, and and it was a sort of two way rather than yeah, just yeah, yeah, the, yeah. The Barry Norman and Jonathan Ross. I think I watched it a few times when Jonathan yeah, Ross was too. the host. It was a bit creepy, I would say. Well, it felt a bit intrusive. It felt a bit like, you know, and also, aren't what, you marvellous and you made a marvellous film. 
Also, don't, I don't really know that Jonathan Ross is quali- qualified to talk about it, whereas I always thought that Barry Norman sounded authoritative. What, a film, a film critic? To be fair, Jonathan Ross, you know, he did write a, a couple of good books about did films. He? Okay, fine. He? What, Kermode should have got it, though, shouldn't he? There was a bit yeah. of controversy when he didn't get it. Surely, that, yeah. Because he's brilliant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he's back with the Muppets now, so it's fine. Who is? Kermit. Oh, yeah. That's right. Well, him and Miss Piggy have patched it up, haven't Well, they? that's right, yeah. Anyway. So... It's you're you're the film reviewer we need. You're the you've got a look of Claudia Winkleman. Yeah, I've got the hair. Yeah, you've got the authority of of uh, Barry Norman. I have. Yeah, and you've got the um, slightly lascivious air of Jonathan Ross. Oh, well, that's very nice of you to yeah, say yeah, so. Yeah, I've yeah. never. I don't think I've ever knowingly uh, phoned up the late Andrew Sachs and taunted him about his uh, niece or whoever it was. It was his niece, yeah. Or was it his granddaughter? Granddaughter, it was granddaughter. 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 Well, not know, knowingly. Not knowingly, well, anyway, no. Yeah, that's the difference, isn't it? Uh, so, review for us, is it called Brexit and Uncivil it's War? It's called Brexit the Uncivil War. Okay. It's uh, It comes out on, uh, it's airing on Channel 4, 9pm yeah. on um, on Monday the 7th of December. Well, let me just stop you there. Actually, no, carry on. Well, my <laughs> review is that it's really very good and it's, oh. going, to, and it's going to make it... All of us, all of you listening uh, at home, uh, feel like I do, which is incredibly conflicted, you know. Right. Uh, Benedict Cumberbatch is one of the great actors of our age, What other things he? has he been in that he was really good in? Well, he's, look, he's particularly good at playing these weird, savant-y figures, isn't he? So, yeah. Sherlock Holmes. Right, i not seen that. Doctor Strange. Didn't see that. Uh, he played Julian Assange. And of course, he played. Don't want to see uh, that. He played uh, poor old Alan Turing in the uh, in the imitation. Oh, I've not game. seen that, but I've heard uh, Alan Turing rather. Um, um, so, um, and he and he plays these characters really well. And right. uh, Brexit: The Uncivil War is a doc, a movie about the referendum. It was originally going to be a movie about uh, the rivalry between. Um, between Dominic Cummings, who um, was the chief strategist for yeah. the uh, for the Leave campaign, players. originally about the rivalry between Craig Oliver, who was the chief strategist for the uh, Remain campaign, yeah. and uh, and Dominic Cummings, uh, who is the chief strategist for the Leave campaign, who Cumberbatch plays, and then obviously then Cumberbatch came aboard, uh, and it became very much a, a vehicle uh, for uh, for Benedict Cumberbatch, who is just. He's fantastic in this role. So, you get to see, and you are asked to be invested in um, somebody who is played by Hollywood superstar and great national treasure and amazing actor, uh, Benedict Cumberbatch, who you'll be unsurprised to know is fantastic in the role, even if his accent is a little bit wobbly. Yeah. Um, and you, you, and you're, you, you, where's, you're, where's you're sort of, from? And you're sort of driven. Well, he's from Durham. Right, that's and, right. Yeah. Uh, and obviously, um, well, Benedict Cumberbatch is not from Durham, is he? He's, no. quite, he's quite posh. Yeah. Um, and his accent, he's actually, it's quite weird, actually, because he's actually got Bobby Charlton's haircut and yeah. Zach Charlton's accent. Has he? <laughs> Although at some points, the, the accent does go and he is the, the sort of, he sounds like he's more sort of Sherlock than Spender. Anyway, um, so you're, you're, you're basically asked to, this guy is a hero. He, like many people that Benedict Cumberbatch plays, he is a dysfunctional maverick, doesn't play nicely with others, in that sort of Assange 
Sherlock, Doctor Strange. Uh, he's got a very quick temper, um, and we are we sort of see him putting together this Leave campaign, throwing out all the conventional wisdom. We see him being nasty to people like Bill Cash. Quite satisfying scenes. Yeah, if, you, yeah. if you're a Remainer, we see him sort of dismissing Aaron Banks and Nigel Farage. Um, and, uh, and we see him piece together this strategy and it is really quite you know and and the 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 without great spoilers the moment when um his his sort of ideas of how to crystallize this into a slogan that is not a slogan which is take back control yeah um this is the sort of the big uh, revelation, the big sort of plot point on which all of this, um, all of this hinges, and then the film sort of devolves. Uh, the last sort of twenty minutes of it um, is, you, you, well, you, obviously, it's, you know that what the result is going to be, but it becomes clear to both sides that, re- that Leave are going to win, and then there is a bit of a discussion about opening Pandora's box, the sort of stuff that we talk about all the time on the on this podcast. So that so so, that, um, so that's interesting. So so you, you so the hero and who you are really pushed into believing in and even though he's awkward, you know, we see him with his pregnant partner, he's not portrayed as sympathetic, yet you can't help be invested in him because Cumberbatch is such a great actor mm. and because the script by Jamie Graham, which is very good, uh, prods you in these directions and the film is sort of based around, you know, you can see the template they, that they've worked on. It is, you know, a template of these kind of, Maverick outsiders coming in and breaking things up. So it's very similar sort of to the it's exactly. It's very similar to the beat of uh, Moneyball. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there are bits of a beautiful mind in it. Right, He's scribbling right. on surfaces as John Nash scribbled on windows yeah, in yeah. a beautiful mind. It's very much in one of those in that sort of vein. Um, so. You're being you're being asked to basically invest in a man who said it's all about Turkey. That's not true. That was a lie. You know that there are three hundred and fifty million. We send three hundred and fifty million pounds a week to the uh, the EU, which is a lie, and we're going to give it all to the NHS, which is another lie, and uh, and that we are we must take back control, which of course we had control in the first place. So it's this is all very problematic. Um, I mean, we've been asked in great movies, of course, but it is a, but it's a great, but it's a, he is great in it. I mean, w- w- there's lots of anti-heroes out there that we've all enjoyed watching. Um, yeah, of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. Raging Bull. Yeah. Well, exactly. Yeah. Uh, Goodfell- Godfather. Goodfellas. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he does a, you know. He, so it, the real star is Cumberbatch. So the real star is is Cumberbatch. The script is mm. uh, is extremely good. There are some silly things in the script. There is a sort of fake ending where the result of the referendum is not known until the um, until the Lord Mayoress of Manchester, the Lord Lord Mayor of Manchester, rather as she was, um, stands up and announces it uh, in the early morning of June the twenty fourth. I've no idea why they did that. Um, there is it. some, yeah, it's it's weird. It's it, I guess it's for an international audience yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, who, uh, who who you know might want a bit of drama. Okay, so um, okay, so, but it is a very very questions. well done thing. Couple of questions then. Um, now I spoke to someone who was part of the Leave campaign. Yes, and and worked very closely with um, with Dominic Cummings. Yes, and their thinking was that this is a Channel Four produced 
piece and it's just going to be a stitch up for leave and it's going to be sneering and it's, it sounds like that's not the case. So the leave camp going to be happier than the remain camp? Well, I think the um, I think the the leave, I think the leave I think anyone who worked on the vote leave campaign is going to be fairly pleased to see that that their you know that their slick operation, which obviously you know is I mean, questionable. It, yes, the, it, it it was. It adopted some questionable tactics and obviously has, has been investigated and found guilty of yeah. some irregularities. I think they're going to be very pleased. And look, the way that the way that Dominic Cummings ran that campaign and Matthew Elliott mm. to an extent, who's who is, is sort of done down a bit in this um, in, in this uh, film. Uh, the way they run, the, the way they run that is, I mean, I was going to say admirable, but you have to respect it. Um, they, the, way they, the way they crystallised it. Yeah. Listen, there are not many remainers, not many leavers who come out of it well. Bill Cash is portrayed as a buffoon. Nigel Farage is portrayed as um, being obsessed with immigration. Aaron Banks is portrayed as being laddish. Uh, and uh, a bit of a bull in the china shop. Daniel Hannan is is portrayed as being sort of completely, um, you know, blankly self-assured. As uh, you know, and these are I think these are all things that we know about these people. Mm-hmm. Um, the the uh, the uh, Boris Johnson's portrayed as being willing to you know set aside the facts. So that was my next question story. because it's obviously it's probably but the re- but the remainers mm. are, are viewed as complacent. Incompetent. Well, that's true. I mean, completely, completely out of touch with the idea that, um, and and Craig Oliver particularly is, uh, who of of course was sort of parachuted in Mm. by Mm. Number Ten. So he, he and David Cameron are are portrayed as being completely out of touch with um, how people were suffering and how that led to the, the referendum result. Um, well, it sounds like a fascinating piece. I was going to ask about. It's really, it's really very well done. There are a few, there are you know, a few sort of great indecisions. There are a few things that they didn't really need to do. I think it is really. Um, I mean, it's it's it is it is certainly worth watching, although it is really quite tough to watch them winning yeah, yeah. again. So what about because obviously. The majority of it, I've never met Dominic Cummings so that I'm aware of, and the majority of people don't know what he's like. So Cumberbatch has probably got a bit of an easier job there. What about the poor folks who had to play Boris and Farage and people like that? Because obviously we see them constantly. So the guy who the guy who plays Boris Johnson <clears throat> does an impression of Boris Johnson. Mm-hmm. The guy who plays uh, Daniel Hannan looks exactly like Daniel Hannan really? and talks exactly like him, and it is spooky. Right. Um, is it just Daniel? Uh, it could actually be, yeah, I'd put, by I, could do, I could do this better than anybody else. Um, the guy who plays Nigel Farage looks nothing like Nigel Farage, okay. uh, but he's very effective. But Nigel Farage and Aaron Banks, uh, and Aaron Banks is played by the guy who played the murderer Jez Quigley in Coronation Street, oh, yeah. who actually looks more like a fat Robbie Williams than he does like Aaron Banks. Um, uh, but Aaron Banks and Nigel Farage are real side characters here. Are they? Uh, they really are not very involved with this at all. Um, so, um, it, it, I mean, it really is... Well, they were the, a different campaign, of course, I guess. But it really is the story of how Dominic Cummings, using, using fair means and some slightly, uh, possibly foul means pulled off this incredible um, upset result. So I often think, this is my last question on this 
And of course, <coughs> we, we there is a there is a role for aggregate IQ. There's a mention of a Cambridge on, Analytica. There? There's a lot going on. It's another film that it is similar to, of course, is the Social Network. Right, and that was my next question. So, where where you know Mark Mark Zuckerberg in that is not likable. No. Um, yet he, you realise he's a genius as the as the film unfolds. So. Is this? I mean, is this good news for Dominic Cummings? Is there going to be political campaigns around the world that he's going to be parachuted into, like the uh, Australian fellow? What was his name? Uh, yeah, well, Lindsay Crosby. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's well, yes. I mean, it's it's definitely if you like films, documentary films about um, about political campaigns. Whoever Jamie Graham uh, and, and Toby Haynes, I think, is the guy who directed it. They've clearly seen the War Room, the great film yeah, about yeah. Uh, which follows sort of George Carl, uh, uh, George Stephanopoulos and James Carville as they plot the um, victory of, of Clinton in ninety um, two. Um, uh, if you're a political junkie, you are going to. There are bits in this that you are going to get off on, yeah. and if you are geeky and into the, you know, and and you're obsessed with the idea that social media actually won this uh, referendum, which it did, then um, then you are going to enjoy it despite being a remainder. If you think geeky that, and politically obsessed, probably not one for you, listener. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> If you think that the uh, that the Russians bought the the referendum, you're going to be disappointed. There is no mention of the Russians at all. Mm. You see Steve Bannon in profile mm. uh, for a bit. If you like Benedict Cumberbatch, as I say, there are a couple of Easter eggs. There's the Marvel reference. There's the title. Somebody from Sherlock crops up uh, at a uh, at a comedy moment. There are a couple of comedy. Moments, and then the end is 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 as heartbreaking as the real thing. But I will say, don't turn off when when they win, because if you do, you will miss Benedict Cumberbatch using an extremely rude word about Nigel Farage in what is one of the the film's uh, uh, best moments. Because um, of course, Dominic Cummings, for for all our um, uh, you know questioning of what he did. Um, he's 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 very much against the sort of Brexit that we're going to get. That's not what he, he said. That it's not what he campaigned for. He wrote that huge, how many ever many thousand word piece, didn't he, on his blog site? He did. Yeah, nineteen thousand word piece on his blog site. I will also say that the um, that the rumours that Dominic Cummings once had an affair with Michael Gove, which Dominic Cummings' wife who is the deputy editor of The Spectator, wrote a column about not so long ago that are thankfully untouched in this uh, in this work. So you don't have to worry about that, dear listener. <laughs> and that um, sounds very unlikely. Um, the funny thing about this is that, you know, we are going to watch it. I think a, a guy in The Independent said, this film will make you root for leave. It will not make you root for leave. Um, so who was the person who, who reviewed it without seeing it? Uh, so the person who reviewed you? it without lying. the person who reviewed it without seeing it, which she didn't really review it, but there is a journalist, a fine journalist called uh, called Charlotte Gill, uh, who writes. Uh, she's written in the, the the Mail, the Mail on Sunday, I believe. She writes in the Telegraph sometimes. She's been in the Spectator, 
and um, I, I saw her moaning on Twitter over uh, the festive break that it, she, she said, oh, it looks, the trailer is really awful. The Brexiteers are going to be the baddies. The Ramonas are going to be the goodies, even though the Brexiteers are actually the heroes. And it's been quite a tough sort of festive break for, for, for the Brexiteers. I don't know if you follow, if you were watching the ABC murders, which was... Um, uh, a fantastic um, adaptation of the Agatha that. Christie thing, yeah. uh, and this was so you missed out on. So with no actual Brexit to talk about, this is what the uh, the Brexiteers talked about. So John Malkovich, three hours, absolutely superb. This, you know, I mean, I don't know if you like Hercule Poirot and Agatha Christie. I like Agatha Christie. I've, I've seen all of these before in various incarnations. Mm -hmm. David Suchet has obviously played Hercule Poirot well, on like television. Sushi. You know, it's sushi, yeah. Yeah, real like sushi. Real like sushi. Oh, I love it. Um, and um, and uh, so he's played, you know, he's played him for nigh on two decades. All of these plots have been exhausted. In fact, there was a, you know, ABC Murders, I think, started on Boxing Day. Right. And there was a version of the ABC Murders on an ITV3 in the afternoon that you could have watched with David Suchet. Yeah. So it was slightly reimagined. One of the things that happens in the book of the ABC murders is that a couple of people called Poirot a bloody foreigner and all of that. And there's, yeah. a, there's an element of that he is, you know, there's yeah. a little bit of racial tension. And I yeah. think that was probably a nod to the fact that the, you know, British Union of Fascists were around at the time or it was a start, you know, they're approaching the, there was some racial tensions coming up to the start of the Second World War. Anyway, the British Union of Fascists, are, there, there are four or five scenes in this where, you know, it's, it's explicit people paint on his door and uh, posters are put up and stuff like this and right-wing Twitter completely lost their shit about this and um, and we had um, uh, what well, Daniel Hannan was uh, was saying why is everything the BBC do this all the time why is everything about you know all these adaptations about fascism and and racism um, a guy called Tim Dawson, who is a, a writer, he wrote a, a sitcom called Coming of Age on BBC Three. He was on Conservative Home. He said it was. Uh, he said it was uh, the story's been reimagined as an anti-Brexit parable. Uh, the Telegraph said it was left liberal propaganda, excruciating, and lay believe at lay believe on Twitter, which is a completely nutsoid account. Um, said, why is the BBC tiring 52% of the population that pays for it as fascists? This pitiful, offensive nonsense from Sarah Phelps, who is the mm -hmm. genius um, author, um, yeah. uh, who, who's done three of these great Agatha Christie adaptations so far, is lovey ignorance and posturing at its worst. Mm. And then, of course, there was Doctor Who on New Year's Day. Did you see Doctor Who on New Year's Day? I'm afraid I am not a Doctor Who fan. I'm not a Doctor Who fan. A Jodie Whittaker fan. Of course, yeah. Because she's from... Exactly. Shat. She is. She's <laughs> from Skelmanthorpe, which is known as Shat. And uh, there's quite a good joke in Doctor Who. She phoned up <clears> Unit. <throat> Did you used to watch Doctor Who when you were little? No, I didn't. So Unit, I think, was a sort of military organisation. It was a it was a sort of secret bit of the army. Right. And uh, there was a brigadier who, in the sort of John Pertwee and Tom Baker days, used to get involved and help the Doctor mm -hmm. out. Uh, and she she went oh well we'll phone these up and they'll come and help us out of this scrape and they they sort of went well units been disbanded because um, all the UK's partners international partners from Europe who used to pay into unit have all they've all withdrawn their money now so we've had to, <laughs> and of course yet again 
They lost their, uh, they, they lost their, uh, they, they lost their shit. They had two, uh, they had a few too many bombardiers. I yeah, think. yeah, yeah. I cannot believe that the BBC are peddling this anti-Brexit propaganda bullshit with Doctor Who. Uh, was one um, typical thing. Oh, so imagine life. what is going to happen at. I don't know, about 10.30 on Monday night? Do you think they're going to hit it then? That's my sort of final question. When Nigel Farage is called a four-letter word by Sherlock, I predict that Twitter will lose its little mind. My my source on this will really love that bit. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) But yeah, all right, right-wing Twitter won't like it. Yeah, they won't like it, but it's a a superbly well-made film. Benedict Cumberbatch is absolutely great in it, but then Benedict Cumberbatch is, is, is great in everything. If only and, and he could sh- have been playing Craig Oliver. And you should watch it, even though the last uh, as the, the winner, the last yeah, exactly, yeah. the last few minutes of it, you know, are probably more grisly to watch than than Luther. As I look forward to it. So congratulations, Channel Four. Yes. Finally, you've done something right. You've not done anything right since the word. I know. <laughs> what about Hufty? Where's she? What was she on? The Girly Show. Oh, don't talk to me about the girly show. Goodness me, that was awful. With the wicker of the week. Oh, I'm going to have to dub that out. Yeah, you are, yeah. um, Just get rid of all this. <laughs> was on the word? I don't know. Did she replace Danny Bear? <laughs> Danny Bear. Danny Bear. He's Not got even a real gigs. bear. Not even a real Danny? No. Well, she might have been. She might have been. Brexit of the week next. Brexiteer of the week. Steve's back, and he's going to crown a Brexiteer of the Week, the first of 2019. Are you still writing 2018 on your jotter and stuff? I am, yeah. I've done it or I've done it once. Yeah, yeah. It's difficult, isn't it? But I... it is the first Brexiteer of 2019. It is. But I think we should turn our minds back to 1552 for yes. our first Brexiteer of the Week because it's Nostradamus. <laughs> oh, Nostradamus. And he has been criticised by the Daily Express... Because he failed to predict uh, what was going to happen with Brexit. And, um, <laughs> and that might be down to the fact that he did die in 1552. So they've re- recruited Craig Hamilton Parker, who's a British to, psychic. He'd have had to predict all kinds of other things in the lead-up to Well, he would Brexit. have done. He, Craig I Hamilton Parker the told EU. the Daily Express... The most strange thing about Nostradamus's predictions is that they do not appear to have any references to Brexit. <laughs> However, I foresee a hard Brexit with May in power to the last minute when Boris takes the crown. Oh. Um, and also, Jemima Packington, what we're talking about, psychics. I like the name Jemima. Jemima Packington, what, do you know what she uses to make psychic predictions? A duck. Asparagus. Ooh, I love asparagus. I She's like an asparamancer. She's Britain's only asparomancer. That's a brilliant She job. has predicted, her predictions for 2019... Sounds like someone who would romance asparagus. She's predicted, through the medium of asparagus, yeah. that fears about Brexit will prove largely unfounded. So that's good. Oh, well, but goodness. she's also predicted that there'll be a worldwide recession and famous British brands, high street brands, will collapse. Do you know that the, However, when she, there's a shortage of asparagus after well, Brexit... she's also predicted that asparagus sales will hit an all-time high. <laughs> So there's good news and bad news, isn't it's there? It's not cheap on the one hand, Worldwide recession. On the plus side... Britain's um, economy will be propped up by asparagus sales. Exactly, yeah. Uh, Theresa May, you may have missed this in the, in, the, um, in the festive period. Unlikely, because I was in work, whereas you... Well, I was swanning it, I was swanning it around Britain. Um, 
But Theresa May, she can't get a break, can she? Did you see what happened she when... She's a Kit Kat. Did you see what happened when Politico asked her what her favourite Christmas film was? Go on. She said it was... My favourite festive film... She definitely wrote this, by the way. <laughs> My favourite festive film is Holiday Inn with Bing Crosby. It gave us the original version of White Christmas, and it is a real holiday classic. And that is a really good answer, and one that it must have taken one of her little spads at least ten seconds to come up with. Well, you see, on we Wikipedia, were, we were kind of involved in this because Theresa May um, reached out to a number of uh, media outlets. Yeah. And offered to answer Brexit questions just prior to Christmas. Oh, right, okay. And um, we... Did we ask her what her favourite carry-on film was? Well, we didn't. I wanted to go down that route, but yeah. I was I was led to allow our readers to ask the questions oh, instead. Okay. So they were far more sensible. Right. Um, but, yeah, I wanted to, like, favourite colour. Yeah, well, that, that would be good. Thing. Yeah, what, yeah. What's it, your favourite scene in With Null and I? Does, does Philip wear briefs or boxers? Yeah. That does, kind he of do thing. The, does he do Arthur Askey songs? Yeah. The Busy Busy Bee song. Um, that would be festive. So she said her favourite festive film was Holiday Inn. It's a real Holiday classic. And if she'd actually watched Holiday Inn or any of the people who pretended that this was her favourite film had watched Holiday Inn, she will know that, that about halfway in, into Holiday Inn, Bing Crosby turns up and sings a song dressed as well dressed as Abraham Lincoln. I think the song is called Abraham. Mm. Um, but unfortunately, he's wearing blackface at the mm. time. He's blacked up as Adri- Abraham Lincoln. Mm. Um, he's got a white orchestra wearing black face paint supporting him, and they're all in sort of sharecropper yeah. slave clothes. Yeah. And then it cuts to the the audience who were all in the Holiday Inn. And they are all white, and they're being served by white waiters and waitresses who are also blacked up. Mm. So, so a favourite holiday film. It's, it's a touch of the Father Ted's, isn't it? For, <laughs> that was for, on over Christmas. Theresa, it was on Father over Christmas. Um, <laughs> so you're a racist now, Father. <laughs> we are the fascists too. Um, and uh, I can't do the accent. I apologise. That was in itself dodgy. Um, and then I expect that she's going to, you know, now release a documentary film about life in the new post-Brexit Britain, and, and it will say, "This is my new film, Birth of a Nation." <laughs> and I, I suggest we all wear these white sheets so we can see each other more clearly. That's a nice pointy white yes. hat you've got on. Yes, who's going to have a D on it? In these blackouts, <laughs> we'll all need to wear these white robes and so we fires <laughs> to these crucifixes. <laughs> Oh, more bad luck for Theresa March Theresa on Dover! Um, but the Brexiteer of the week is um, is Tony Gallagher, and he's the editor of The Sun. The, the lesser known of the Gallagher brothers. He is, yeah, there's Liam, <laughs> the there's Noel. The successful. And there's, oh, wait, Tony... wait, there's Paul in there. There is Paul, yeah. Uh, there is Paul Gallagher, but Tony Gallagher is, is the editor of The Sun, and, um, and I don't know, I mean, there's, you know, talk about chutzpah. So on the 29th of December, The Sun did an editorial about Sajid Javid, the Saj, <laughs> And uh, and, it, and it started, it said, the EU citizens who have built their lives in the UK have given huge amounts to this country and they must be made to feel welcome. The Home Office's sinister demand that they apply to stay here after we leave the EU with the silent threat of imminent deportation strikes all the wrong notes. There's a difference between ensuring control of our borders and straightforward hostility. And of course this is absolutely right. And I just, I wonder where the idea... That of being hostile towards migrants, how, how could the government have got that in the first place? 
And could it have been from the newspaper which printed front page stories like one million migrants heading this way, another 330,000 migrants proves that we cannot control our own borders and draw a red line on immigration or else, which were all some front pages under the current editor. It was Tony Gallagher. So, you know. Tony. Tony. So Tony Gallagher is the Brexiteer of the week. Well, Tony, congratulations. I think that's his first time as I think it is, yeah. I think it is. Uh, he's first of the year and it's his first time. He's not very good at a bar, Tony Gallagher, you know? Is he not? He's not very good. I, I, he once bought me a drink. This is just me telling you a story about oh, yeah. Tony Gallagher bought me a drink. Yeah, good. Is that it? Well, I ordered a Guinness. Yeah. And I got a whiskey. And you got a whiskey. Well, again, I wouldn't open with it, but, you know, <laughs> it, is a, it is another of your fascinating anecdotes. What should the listener do right now? Give us a lovely review on your podcatcher of choice with lots of nice stars. You can join the New European uh, Readers Group on Facebook. You can just follow the New European on Facebook. On Twitter, follow at the New European. And you can follow me on Twitter at Sanglesey, S-A-N-G-L-E-S-E-Y. Or you can follow me at Porrit, P-O-R-R-I-T-T. Steve, I've been meaning to ask, the New European Readers Group? Yes. Is that like for the slow readers in the group? or We get you up to speed. That was the first New European podcast of 2019. Thank you very much for listening. It's been an absolute joy, as always, and it means the world to us that you tune in. If you haven't already, go and buy the paper. It's £2.50. It's on sale now at all good news agents. There's tons of politics, as you'd expect. There's tons of Brexit, as you'd expect. But there's lots and lots and lots of culture as well. Until next week, Mr Campbell, play your bagpipes. Here you go. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.